Following a partner to a foreign country, new city or rural community can impact your career, network and access to continuing education. Brunch is a podcast from the Trailing Spouse Co, where I, your host Joe Palmer, chat with trailing spouses from all over the world. Brunch is a chance to meet trailing spouses, hear their stories, the highs, the lows, as well as advice, tips and tricks to get the most out of your trailing spouse experience. In this episode, I speak with Leanne, an Australian who's been based in Singapore since 2022. Leanne is Exhibit A of someone who is living best expat life. It was absolute delight to hear from someone who has embraced her exit from the workforce and is focusing on doing the things that she wants to do. I really hope you enjoy this chat with Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. No problem. Now, tell me, who are you? Where are you from and where are you based now? So I'm Leanne, Leanne Sakria. I am from Australia, from Newcastle, Australia. And um, we lived in Newcastle pretty much all our lives, um, about 10 years in Sydney. And then during the pandemic, we were asked to move to Hong Kong with my husband's work. And we said no, because Hong Kong was all a bit scary at that stage. And then they came back and and asked us if we'd like to move to Singapore. And we traveled to Singapore a few times. So um, my husband and I said, absolutely, we'd love to. I have a good friend that lives in Singapore as well. So this was, um, the conversation started in 2020, but we didn't actually move until 2022, April, 2022 so it was a long drawn out process um, and had you sort of told people like we're going and then it was this, this awkward thing that you just hung around for ages absolutely because we didn't no one knew how long the pandemic was going to go on for so we felt like we were very much in limbo for a good year and a half um so that was challenging because you know, we were trying to make plans, but then we weren't sure, we didn't have an exact date. We knew we both want, really wanted to do it, but we had to do it when it was safe. So, um, yeah. It's it took a, a long time to be living in that limbo sort of stage as well, that when you're like, okay, do I sign on for another six months of something or do we book the kids in for another term of swimming lessons or do we do all of these things that sort of, I don't know, mean commitment. So when you finally got a move date, was it relatively quick? It was so quick and so chaotic. Even though we had the the year and a half to sort of mentally prepare, nothing really prepares you for a big move like that. So we had animals that we had to, you know, we had, my daughter had a horse that we had to sell and um, another, a a dog that we had to try and find a home for because he was too old. We couldn't bring him with us. And, um, yeah, just organising schools and where we're going to live in Singapore and what we were going to do with our cars and our house and, you know, all that sort of stuff because we um, wanted to move for, you know, the medium to long term. So it wasn't going to, it was never going to be a one, maybe two year stint in Singapore for us. We wanted to really make a goal of living somewhere else other than Australia. And I think that um, we had, because 
prior to children, AJ and I were, my husband and I were really big travelers. So we would, would travel all over the world. And then with COVID, I think it really hit home that we were really stuck in this little bubble and we just wanted to get out. <laughs> we were just over it. So, um, yeah, uh, we definitely, with the move, in it for the long term. So whether or not we stay in Singapore for three, five years and then move maybe to Hong Kong after that or Dubai or somewhere else where, without a doubt, um, we will not be going back to Australia in the short to medium term. Yeah. So that's cool in itself in that, like, this, it's sort of like back to pre-kids stage mm. where you can be like we can have open-ended plans and we can think big and I guess that's the joys of knowing that you can if anything ever fell over you can always go back to Oz and that's nice and, and easy and functional to be able to slot back into a life there but that's also really exciting yeah um, do the kids know that this is that long-term open plan <laughs> my three-year-old does not care he loves living in singapore and he would live anywhere as long as he's with mum and dad and, and and our daughter so as long as he's with the family unit he's happy to go wherever i think three three-year-old is a really good age to start moving them around but my nine-year-old daughter on the other hand i always knew that she would be the one that really struggled with the move and she without a doubt has been so um like husband so happy to go so ready to to leave the bubble me also so so happy three-year-old happy nine-year-old daughter a challenge because they've got i mean she'd lived in that one place her whole life although she'd traveled um she she'd only lived in that one place in newcastle all her friends were there all her family are there like i said her horse which she had a beautiful connection with and the dog um in the school that she she really loved so that was really difficult for her to make that um that move and that and that readjustment i guess to life here you know going from a house to the backyard and um to an apartment and a stranger living with us like a, having help live with us so really yeah really different for her so we we often talk so much about the transition for like relocating and talking to the trailing spouse and the person that will potentially be isolated from work and that we focus a lot on that individual spouse or the adult in the um, in the relationship and in the move. And I think particularly Australians are very blasé about the kids and they it'll be right they'll be right, kids are resilient, all of those sorts of things. But it sounds like you've really had to action this in a different way. Did you have to make any promises or bribes or anything when you when you left Oz? Yeah, so definitely the horse riding. So she would have to, She it was non-negotiable for her if she was to come with us. Uh, she had to be able to still ride horses, which we were, we managed to get her into a really good riding school. So she's still doing that and she's still doing competitions. So she's really, really happy in that regard. Um, another thing that I that I implemented is she's really creative and loves art. So every Saturday I would take her to a different art class or, you know, we tried resin workshops, oil painting, pottery, you know, anything that I could think of that she'd be interested in, 
we have done every Saturday. It was like a mummy and daughter type date thing. So there's that. And also the building of, of the new friendship. So she is, you know, naturally she's a very friendly little girl, but her relationships and her friendships in Australia, she'd known those little girls since birth. So, you know, cousins very, very close. My girlfriends who we were pregnant at the same time, she grew up with these other little girls. So that's, um, that can be hard to rep replicate when you move for a, a little person. So, you know, we've had friends in the condo. Um, she's got friends from school. So she's slowly getting there, but it's still not the same for her. Yeah, and it's interesting. And we just sort of brush that, I think. And that's something that I think is really interesting to consider when you're planning this is to actually genuinely have a think about the kids, which I can hand on heart say I didn't. I have also a nine-year-old daughter who I was like, I, I deep down knew, I was like, this is going to be really tricky for her. Same deal. She's a farm kid that we were moving from like where she runs around with no clothes on and no shoes on into an apartment building where clothes are not optional. And the, um, moving into a city and all of these sorts of things. And I was very blasé. I was like, you'll be right. It'll be fine. But she, our nine-year-old was well and truly a very, a lot more challenging and I think that that's something that we we don't sort of consider them so much but then the added pressure like did you find that that was one of the most stressful things about the move was your management of her without a doubt so for our for my relationship with my husband it is so much better <laughs> my relationship with my son my three-year-old amazing but in my daughter and I um We've still got a beautiful relationship, don't get me wrong. It's just that I've had to, I mean, that's been where my stress has been. I haven't had much stress elsewhere. That has been my stress. My Just managing her and making sure that she's happy and that she's, um, you know, surrounded by the right people and still doing things that she enjoys and, and trying to, um, yeah, really help her and hold her hand through this process it's been a year now <laughs> but we're coming to I feel like you know it, it ebbs and flows so at the six month mark my husband and I were like yes she's like she loves she's loving Singapore she's got this great group of friends um everything's going well but then we had family visit and we went home for Christmas and I just think maybe it was a bit too soon because she got to experience, you know, and see her friends again and just kind of set her back. Yeah, it like reopened the wound. Yeah. So now we're building it back up again. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's really interesting. That could be some very interesting, well, an interesting takeaway for people listening to this is that, like, don't go home too soon. If you've got more of it, and not that she's super emotional, but she's very in tune with her emotions so she she's a feeler so mm. she feels big emotions and uh <laughs> wow, she's gonna be 15 too You're oh gonna... yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but we also do lots of little um trips away just mummy mummy daughter trips away so we went to bali we're going to kl like we're doing little trips away just the two of us to you know help her explore more because she's a she's a born traveler as well she loves to travel so she fits really well into our family 
Yeah, and the thing is, you're like, get with the program, kid. You are living expat life here. Like, dream. <laughs> a dream. Everyone says you're living the dream. So, you know, like I, I touched on before, um, my husband and I, we, you know, back in Australia, I don't remember the last time we'd had a date night, just the two of us. It Because we've got two children and we didn't have help back at home, um, even though my, our family was close by, it's, well, it's not the same. So... I think that moving here out for our relationship, it has improved dramatically because we have time together. We can go away for a weekend. We can go out for dinner. We can go for a walk down the river <laughs> anytime we want. <laughs> so that's good. That's improved. Um, and my son, I've been, you know, I take this as such a blessing because I've been given the opportunity to spend more time with him while he's young. So we go, we do art classes together as well. He does, you know, gymnastics and swimming and football. And I'm able to take him to all of those things. Whereas in Australia, I was working full time. So it was hard to do that and to volunteer at school and to do all that sort of stuff. It was way a lot more challenging. So what were you doing for work before you, before you left? Yeah, I was in HR, so recruitment. I worked for both small and, and large companies. But I think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm just not built for the nine to five type life, like the corporate life anymore. I think that's just not me. <laughs> oh, I know that's not me. So this has given me a real, you know, new lease on life because I've been able to step back and, almost, and look at my life and really, you know, choose the things that I'm passionate about and that I want to develop within myself rather and and then also spend time with the children and and my husband i didn't have the opportunity to do that back in australia i have the opportunity to do that now um it's almost like i was having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day it's almost like you know how everyone is on that treadmill and they're working really really hard and they're missing out on so much of life because they want to work really hard save all this money for when they're 60 and retire kind of don't I don't gel with that. That's not my groove at all. I'm like, okay, you can work really hard, but I also think, you know, you need to have this time in the prime, like in your thirties or forties, where you can take a step back and really enjoy your life because you might not get to live to 60 or 70. And when you want to retire, when you've got all the, the, the money or whatever you, you need to get on the, keep going on this treadmill, you enjoy it now and worry about that later. <laughs> So I'm enjoying the now. I'm enjoying it now. <laughs> I love hearing this. I love hearing someone that has totally taken expat life by the horns and is yeah. just living best life. It's so good. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, what does a, a week in Leanne's life look like in Singapore? And then everyone that's like hating on whatever their daily grind is can just be completely hating on you while they're <laughs> <just listening. laughs> Don't get me wrong, I worked hard. Like we, you know, it's because of the hard work that I did when I was, we were younger, I was younger, that I'm able to do what I can now. So we have like properties that bring in money and stuff like that. So I'm able to, we're in a position where we can. And also, you know, the expat life is a little bit more generous, I guess. Um, but anyway, so average, average week would be taking my three-year-old to all his different classes. I, I do spin classes for myself. So I know I do adult art classes as well. 
Um, I've joined a book club. So we do book club lunches, um, brunches. I go to day spas, you know, I get my nails done. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm just living my, my life. And I also joined um, another club where I go and listen to inspirational speakers. So I might listen about, listen to a speaker that they're talking about, you know, um, NFTs or something completely not in my realm, but I want to learn about it. So it's just given me the opportunity to go to different, you know, uh, workshops, meet different people, speak to people who I normally wouldn't speak to and learn about different things. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me then, that was, I, I'm always really interested to hear about how people build their network in a new place and things. So like how, okay, for example, your group, I'm, would love to hear more about your inspirational speakers um, the group that you but like how did you find these things in the first place and sort of how like do you navigate that are you like naturally an extrovert that's quite happy going to to something and introducing yourself and and those sorts of things not really I'm not I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert but I am confident enough to go to um networking events and and mingle and talk to people because i feel like there's so many interesting people at those networking events and they're open to usually a person that goes to a networking event is open to talking to other people so that's an easy way but through the schools so this, through the schools i joined the book clubs um and through people that i've met in condo life so condo life is very different to newcastle suburban suburban life um through the condos you meet um and our condo in particular has you know a whatsapp group a mum's whatsapp group where um you know we've started a mahjong group so i've never played mahjong before in my life but now i'm a mahjong player we play every wednesday night <laughs> So cool. But, you know, all these new experiences that I'm exposed to here that I was never exposed to back in in Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, through through the condo, actually, I've met a lot of people. And, you know, now we you know, fly to Bali every second weekend to catch up with someone that's moved there or someone who's having a party in, in Thailand. It's just... It's just incredible how your network expands when you geog geographically relocate and um, you never know who you're going to meet and what ideas you're going to gravitate towards or it's just I love living more of that spontaneous life. Yeah. Know. Yeah, that's such an interesting point and I, I love that when you can look at this relocation and especially for expats relocating somewhere like this is that you're exposed to so many different things to what you would have been at home especially yeah. coming from a country like Australia and then the more regional that you go like the these things just don't exist at, in your in your orbit at home and mm -hmm. I love um I love sort of hearing how that very quickly your network does that spider web thing and that you then just uh, meeting people all through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you form really close bonds with these people because they're in the same, a similar situation to you. They've left their hometown, they've left their family, their friends that they've grown up with, 
and they're in this foreign environment and trying to do the same as you meet people and you know sometimes you'll naturally gravitate towards a, a similar soul to to yourself and then sometimes it'll be completely different so we like i don't know if you want to censor this but when we first arrived here we um we we became very friendly with another couple and we went to like dinners with them and and um they invited us on holidays with them <laughs> but before we went on the holiday we found out they were swingers and, <laughs> and we were like um backpedal 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 now we know why, why you were being so friendly and so so welcoming <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can <laughs> yeah that happened <laughs> <laughs> but we felt you know really um welcomed into the <laughs> into i can imagine i can imagine not what, what an amazing what an amazing welcome <laughs> <laughs> not our vibe whatsoever <laughs> but like i said you gain um you know when you put yourself in that these situations you don't really know the background of these of people right so you're just navigating it away and <clears throat> oh yeah they're friendly they want us to go here there and there okay we'll go along <laughs> until we're put in a situation <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are we, you know, each to their own, but no, we're not um we are not swingers. <laughs> so when you retrospectively look back on your relocation, yeah, the things that you wish that you had known prior to leaving that you sort of if you could sort of redo things or like for people that are at early stage or about to leave or, um, you know, a sort of very green still, are there things that you wish you'd known at the start? I think that make sure that you're set up financially. Um, that's a big one because if, especially moving to a place like Singapore, Singapore is a very expensive place to live. Um, so get your finances in order first. If you have children, maybe I don't, I don't know. Like I'm maybe not the best person to speak to on this, but the little ones should be a breeze. The I think the older that they get, the more challenging it becomes. So, you know, having a really open discussion with them and seeing if there's any way you can make that that transition smoother for them. Um, and it's not everyone's experience. Every, every little person's personality is different, right? So what may be an easier transition for one might be more challenging for another. So it's just holding their hands and making sure they feel safe and loved. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it, it could be quite challenging for the, you know, the, that nine year old age bracket. Um, and other than that, you know, you, the normal stuff like researching where you're going to possibly live, the schools, if you know someone 
that already lives there that that would be a help like i i have a friend that was already living in singapore so we'd visited a few times so i knew you know i knew singapore was safe we knew it was clean and we knew it was like a greener kind of um environment as well so they were all big ticks for us because especially with children you want it to be safe um but then other than that i think going in with a very very open mind yeah. yeah maybe just not who you holiday with so <laughs> yeah <laughs> there might be a limit to how open your mind is <laughs> yeah. when i said that i'm kind of try, trying to hold back a smirk like mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a do you have a gold nugget of advice that you if you could wrap it up into into one piece of advice if someone had come to you and said right i think i want to do this what would be your one piece of advice? I think just go and do it. I mean, we, we like I said before, we we're natural born travellers. I just want to really live a, a very rich and fulfilling life. And um, I think you just don't, don't, don't hold back. Don't be scared. And you just never know who you're going to meet, what experiences you're going to have and, you know, we have this one life. So we may as well go out and live in different countries and soak up as much culture and as, as we possibly can. And I think it's also really good for the children when they get past that initial shock of... <laughs> but kind of once you've stopped traumatising them by... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, now, you know, now my nine-year-old, I mean, and, and my three-year-old, but my nine-year-old has friends all over the world so we've all already visited a friend of hers that moved to Bali we're visiting a friend of hers that moved to um, KL in a couple of weeks time so she's got friends she's going to have these networks all over the world it's going to really you know set her up for her adventures as she gets older so we'll see <laughs> watch this space <laughs> an amazing gift to be able to give kids like I, I think that's been a really big thing for me as well is that yeah. like what a treat to be able to let these kids do this and what a privilege to be able to do it with them it's so cool yeah absolutely all these new experiences the people they meet the, the traveling because being in Singapore it's so easy just to fly to Bali for the weekend or Vietnam or Thailand you know it's just the proximity to all these amazing places and they get to see, experience different cultures and we are trying, we're trying to make our goal for the rest of the year not to do too many beach holidays because I feel like we've done beach holidays to death. <laughs> so we're trying to do more, you know, maybe in the mountains and something a bit more cultural like temples and things like that. But all that's great for the children as well. It's not, holidays are not just about the beach. <laughs> Spoken like a true coastal girl. I know. <laughs> I grew up at the beach. <laughs> no more beaches for a while. It's funny. I always find it funny when people that live at the beach, I'm like, but where do you guys actually go on holiday? Yes. Go to a different beach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such a treat to hear, like, such a joyous experience and I say that very genuinely because it's just you can just hear it in your voice that it's just been such an amazing experience to date and I'm just so thrilled for you it's so awesome uh, thanks Joe. thank you so much 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brunch by The Trailing Spouse Co. If you are a trailing spouse anywhere in the world, come join us. We're a place where you will find other like-minded professional trailing spouses, as well as training, education and employment opportunities. Head to thetrailingspouse.co and connect with our network. If you'd like to join me for brunch, you'll find a link on the website to register your interest for a chat. At The Trailing Spouse Co, we are passionate about ensuring that you are connected, your mind is stimulated and that you are always learning on your trailing spouse journey.